0: Welcome to the second series of podcasts focusing on innovative design trials from the Health Research Authority, the NIHR-CRN Coordinating Centre, and in this series, the NIHR Office for Clinical Research Infrastructure. This time, we will be discussing some of the key learning points from the COVID-19 pandemic, and we will be building on the further questions around the management and delivery of innovative design trials during the pandemic. My name is Alan Gaw, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm joined today by Matt Sides, Professor of Clinical Trials and Methodology at the MRC Clinical Trials Unit at University College London. Professor Sides joined the MRC Cancer Trials Office in Cambridge in 1995 before moving to London with the formation of the MRC Clinical Trials Unit in 1998. At UCL, he is responsible for leading the unit's trial conduct methodology activities, where he has a particular interest in improving clinical trial conduct, particularly around the use of routinely collected electronic health records, running trials with a view to regulatory use and submission, proportionate and efficient trial monitoring, adaptive and efficient designs for late-phase trials, clinical trial data sharing, communication of trial findings, and function of trial oversight committees. Professor Sides, thank you very much for speaking with me today. I mentioned in my introduction your interest in improving the way we communicate the results of trials and this has been a subject of great interest in recent years, not just how we share our results with our professional peers but more specifically with our study participants. So I would like to explore that topic with you, especially in the context of complex innovative design trials. So can I begin by asking you about your general thoughts on communicating trial results to the study participants?
1: How important is it Good afternoon, Alan. Thanks for talking to me today. I think it's really important that we offer participants of trials a chance to find out the results. In choosing to join a trial, participants volunteer their time and their effort. They expose themselves to risks and share their data. Without participants, of course, we wouldn't have trial results. Therefore, I think it's really important we respect this participation, respect participants' autonomy by offering them a chance to, to hear the findings. We also know from recent work that the majority of people choose not to participate in a trial that wouldn't give them the chance to hear those findings. So drawing these points together, it's obvious to me that sharing trial results with people who participated should be a default situation.
0: And what would you say were the particular difficulties that have to be overcome when we're trying to give results back to participants? And maybe especially in the context of these complex innovative design trials?
1: Okay, so there's two parts to that. Let's start with the general challenges. Uh, one element is, is how to give information. There's surprisingly little research about how best to do that. We'll come back to that concept later. Another element is about who gives the information to participants. The giving of information, like recruitment, is it's usually moderated through the site. Central clinical trials units, like the one where I work, don't usually know who the participants are, so however we give out the information, it's going to rely on busy clinical sites working with us to make it happen. We know this doesn't always happen though we met people at meetings who've been in our trials and who've said they never received the results of trials, even though we sent information sheets to the sites and asked them to pass them on, something fell down a gap somewhere. A third element is while the majority of people want to know the results, not everyone does, or people might change their mind one way or the other, we need to give information to those who want it. So we have to stay on top of this if we're respecting participants' autonomy. And another is that many trials, particularly those with mortality outcome measures, will have some participants who've died. We don't really want to send results of information to people who aren't around that's just going to be upsetting for families. So this requires whoever's sending out the results to have current information about participants to ensure that doesn't happen. And a a final aspect to your first question is about the message. Phase three trials are about trying to change practice. So the results should be sort of intuitive to explain. Early phase trials are about making decisions on on whether to keep testing a treatment or setting up other trials. And this may be less thrilling to hear about if you're a participant or or participants might feel that it's more about the detail than big picture changes. And the findings by nature would be more uncertain, I guess, because we're effectively saying oh, we need to go and get more information. So that really needs to be reflected in what said and it needs to be very clear. So those are the general challenges. If we take it in the context of complex innovative designs and what's different here? Well, complex innovative designs, it's such a broad definition, so it kind of varies. The key question to me is is a variation on who gets the information trial that has multiple questions. The trial has multiple questions. Who gets the information? So I'm thinking of a MAMS trial, a multi-arm, multi-stage trial or some other form of, of platform protocol. In short, we should definitely be giving the findings to the people who were in that comparison, if they wanted them and they're still around. But should we also give the information to everyone that was in the trial? Uh, What if it's a comparison that they weren't told about when they joined the trial because it had already finished recruiting or it hadn't yet started or because it was only for patients with a particular set of biomarkers that this participant didn't have? So is it going to be helpful to tell people those results for those comparisons? Or is it just more confusing? Is it simpler for sites to give the information to everybody or just to the relevant people? Complex innovative designs are being used more in early phase settings, so it's likely to have that let's do another trial or not have another trial response. I think that's that's worth bearing in mind. And just worth saying that for any trials using interim lack of benefit analysis to filter out those insufficiently interesting arms, we do need to tell people... But it can just mean that we, the first finding is that we don't need to recruit more patients, more participants. But we still want to get follow up on those patients in the study. So how we explain that in a way that doesn't jeopardise the trial itself is is not necessarily straightforward. So there's just more tailoring that's required. <laughs> there's plenty of good challenges to explore here, Alan. I know you've been actively dev-
0: involved yourself in, an, in a number of complex and innovative design trials. And I wondered if, if you could give us a specific example of how the trial results were shared with participants
1: in one of those trials. Very happy to, to share our experiences. Why don't we talk a little bit about the Stampede trial? This was a multi-arm, multi-stage platform trial for people with prostate cancer who were starting long-term hormone therapy. It's a multi-arm trial because we can ask lots of questions at the same time. Here, all through one point of randomization, Stampede started with six arms, five research arms, one control arm. It's multi-stage because we can use carefully planned interim analyses to ask whether we should continue to test a treatment, whether it's looking interesting enough that we should continue to keep recruiting. Great if it is, but if not, let's focus the future trial recruitment on to finding evidence that might improve outcomes for future patients. And two of the original test treatments in Stampede were stopped early by the IDMC, by the Independent Data Monitoring Committee, and by the Trial Steering Committee, the TSC, because they didn't look interesting enough at their second interim look. And the platform element of Stampede, of this MAMS platform protocol, is that the protocol is used effectively as a scaffolding under which to add important new treatment questions rather than waiting to take on those questions or or have competing trials. So since the start of the trial, five new phase three questions have been incorporated into this trial. So who would you give the information to? When the first two arms stopped for lack of sufficient activity, we thought about giving the information just to the people immediately impacted by that change. But then we thought we should probably give the information to everyone in the comparison. People on the trial, many of the people on the trial, know each other. They talk to each other. They see each other in clinic. They, They ask after each other. So we thought maybe it's better to give clear information to everybody. So we addressed the document to the relevant participants, but we asked the sites to give it to everybody. And we've followed this approach since in, in giving out the results. It may be that people are you know, receiving more information than they want, assuming the information gets out to them, but I feel it's better to err on that side that people have the information and choose not to read it than, than don't have the information. We've also put together some short videos, all available online. Some aimed at clinical folks, some aimed at other participants and and at the public. So patient representatives on the trial management group helped us to write the information sheets. And they featured in those videos. We also held some roadshows around the country to talk about the trials, uh, talk about trials including Stampede, and about the results of those. We did this with Cancer Research UK and a couple of other trials units that had results coming out. We tried to get the word out to participants of Stampede from sites, but that wasn't really straightforward. I think it's a really neat idea, because it does allow for potential interaction. Some of the participants could actually ask questions from lead investigators from the study, not not people that recruited them to the trial, but some other leading people from the trial. I do think that interaction is important. Alan, I I come to the close relative to a regular follow-up meeting a year or so back. They've been participating in a clinical trial. At this particular visit, they were unexpectedly given a results summary. It was a couple of pages long, quite clearly written, uh, but it wasn't containing a lot of information. We had questions, and the people running the clinic that day were not the people who uh, we'd been dealing with. They were a locum and a seconded research nurse. who They didn't really know anything about the research, nor anything more than what was on the results sheet. So we had questions but no one really to ask them to and an opportunity to ask questions of someone who knew the trial well would really have been appreciated i guess the more complex the trial the more likely there are to be questions of course looking
0: ahead i mean how do you see this area developing i mean what do you think we still have to do to improve this particular aspect of clinical trial conduct
1: Well Alan, there's plenty of potential here, isn't there? We mentioned that there isn't much research on how to give information back to participants. There are some people looking into it now though. For example, Annabelle South has been running the Show Respect study to find out more. Show Respect is a SWOT. That's a study within a trial and is in itself randomising between a number of ways to give information. So those data should be known soon and you should definitely have Annabelle on here to talk about that. There's an increasing number of trials that are implementing this broad, implementing the broad family of complex innovative designs, so it's important that we get this right. If I come back to where we started, we wanted to respect the efforts of participants of trials by sharing results with them, and we want to thank them and their families and friends who supported them for helping move science forward, so it's really important we find ways to get this right. I think you've reminded us in this
0: conversation just how important um, giving the results of a study is back to the study participants. And you've shown us just how much we have to take care to get the right information to the right people at the right time. So, Professor Seitz, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. We would very much welcome your feedback on these podcasts, and I hope you will join us again next time.